Blog Talk Radio.
it's going to be a lot of fun. I know you guys have been working really hard. Everybody's been working hard on this behind the scenes. Um, but all that to be said, John, nothing you know is holding back tonight. You've been on a roll the last few weeks. Stacy Frenis two weeks ago with her new mm-hmm, book mm-hmm. last week. Last week with B Haley, that was incredible. That was that was really great. Yeah, that was really <laughs> and, great. And then, you know what and I it found just keeps out? Going. Gotta, What's that? Gotta, I, I found out that my daughter-in-law's mother, okay, mm. that yeah. my daughter-in-law's mother, who is a, you know, I hope she's not listening, but a pretty straight-laced missionary, you know, woman, and, yeah. and actually her and her husband were missionaries for many, many years. Mm. Wonderful people, wonderful people, but not the kind of people you would just obviously think are DC Talk and Toby <laughs> Mac fans. Yeah. But I found out that they listened to the whole thing because really? Beth's mom is a big Toby Mac fan. <laughs> and <laughs> and DC Talk, I just about dropped my cookies. I, that was so, <laughs> it was really well, it was great. It was great. It let me see a whole other part of her I didn't even know existed. It was really pretty cool. <laughs> dropped my dropped my cookies. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> John, I'll tell you, I think there's going to be some amazing fans. There's so many people, you know, this guest that we have tonight, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's co-written and written so many books, sold millions of copies. This is going to be a, a fun night tonight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very interesting night, yes. Um, 137 books, to be exact. And uh, he has uh, books that you you might know him for are probably his best sellers, was 90 Minutes in Heaven with Don Piper and um, a Ben Carson story um, are hmm. two that probably probably are the best best known. But uh, he's wrote written numerous numerous books, ghost written numerous books. He's I mean 137. Come on, Gunnar. I mean you know <laughs> I I thought I was I thought I was doing pretty good with 15. You know and um, <laughs> but he you know he tells me that his fingers fly and he works fast. So I guess mm. so. I, that's uh, <laughs> I we'll mean that out. would take me about. It would take me about three lifetimes to write 137 yeah. books, but here's a man yeah. who's done it um, so far in his life. A very interesting character, much to talk about. Will you please welcome to Blog Talk Radio Cecil Murphy? Only we call him Cease. He wants to be called Cease. Cease, are you there? I am here. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to Blog Talk. Thank it's you. An honor to have you. It's an honor to have you, and um, gosh, uh, you know, we want to jump right in uh, on the writing part because uh, we don't we don't get to talk about writing a lot on this show. And uh, of course, I'm an interest I'm interested in the topic because I am a writer. And you know, I I think there's a lot of people out there who would consider themselves writers even if they haven't been published, um, and. I guess there's a way in which everybody should be a writer, I think, as far as journaling and and getting your thoughts down on paper. There's nothing like doing it. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you found out that um, that, you, that you were going to make writing a career. Well, it really was quite uh, an excellent night. You know, like a lot of people, I, I always wanted to write. I think even as a child, I sort of wanted to write. And when I was a teenager, I... I really wanted to write, but I didn't know how to go about it, and I was too, actually too shy to ask anybody. Huh. Uh, but a, a year after I finished seminary, uh, there was a notice up that Charlie Shedd, who was quite quite a prolific writer then, this would be in the early 70s, was coming, yes. uh, flying in every Monday night for 10 Mondays on a grant from the Eli Lilly Foundation to raise up 1,000 full-time Christian writers. Um, wow! And by the way, years later, I saw Charlie and I asked him, "How many full-time writers did you get out there?" And he thumped me in the chest and he said, "You're it." So I can say <laughs> I wanted a thousand. But anyway, he's at the end of the ten weeks. He called four or five of us aside and he said, uh, uh, "I think you folks have some talent. I think you need to form some sort of a group and teach yourselves how to write and get published." And so I took him at his word and I formed a group and figured out what I wanted. And 
we taught each other, and within, let's see, that was in May, and by September, I'd written my article 18 times, uh, and sent, with the help of the group, you know, and uh, it was set it off and sold it the first time. Wow, wow, and that was it. That was the scribe tribe, tribe, right? That's that you called your group. I yeah. love that title, the scribe tribe. Do you do you have any touch with any of those guys yet, still? Uh, yeah, yes, I do. Uh, one of them uh, is a, a guy post most uh, published writer, Marion Bond West. So I still have touch with her. One, two of them okay. have died, and um, mm-hmm. one of them is an editor that, or has been an editor, but last I heard, she was in very poor health. Wow. Well, you sound like you're healthy. Uh, you know, I, I'm Jeez. I'm boringly healthy. <laughs> and uh, I understand you do a lot of speaking as well. Are you still are you still out and about with that? Yeah. I just returned from New England. Uh, it was my, I don't know how many trips I've done this year. This is probably the busiest I've had in a long time, but I'm now home until the middle of January. Wow. Well, good for you. That's fantastic. Um, and so now I know you didn't start out writing. I, I know you, you also were a, a pastor for a while. Isn't that right? Well, um, before that, I was a missionary. Uh, I yes. was a missionary in Kenya, East Africa, and uh, yes, I was a pastor for 14 years. But actually, I I wrote during most of those years. Okay, and that's when you had to make a decision whether you were going to be a, a pastor, a, a preacher who writes, or a writer who preaches. Right. That's correct. And and when did that, you know, when did that come home to you? I mean that. Okay, this is, I mean, and did you literally stop your, did you retire as a pastor and, and go no, uh, more into this? I, well, I had this, I was in Metro Atlanta, and I had this congregation. I just loved it. It went from, mm-hmm. oh, like 100 people to well over 500. And, um, and I'm a Presbyterian. For Presbyterians, that's a pretty good-sized church. And um, yeah. uh, I, I really loved it. And uh, But I was writing and getting more and more uh projects, uh, uh, an editor from Re- uh, what was then called Fleming H. Rebellis, now owned by Baker Books, uh, mm-hmm. contacted me, uh, read what I wrote. He said, I think you make a great ghost writer, like you'd be our ghost writer. So I, I wrote uh, 35 books for him, and wow. I, w- I was in the middle of that, probably done 10 or 12 books uh, during that uh, those years. And finally, in 83, I had to make a choice. I had to decide if I was going to give myself fully to writing or to the pastoring. I realized mm-hmm. I couldn't continue to giving my heart totally to one, to both of them. You know, you can't serve two no, masters. Yeah, yeah. And so that's where you choose chose the yeah. writing. It, it, uh, uh, have you missed the, the pastoring at all? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? I miss the people. Uh, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really a people person. Here's the way I think of it. I write, uh, uh, you know, a lot, number of hours a day, eight, ten, twelve hours a day. And, and, my, and the way I think of it is this: if I'm really, really good and behave myself and write for several days, several weeks, then God rewards me and lets me go out and be with real people. Wow, that's amazing. I don't know how you can do that. <laughs> That's amazing! Wow, I, and I because I know that struggle, you know, and and in writing is so much different. You don't you don't get any um, feedback, you know. It's uh, it's all one way. And well, how, until how you, you send keep, it how in, do you keep yourself you, going? You know, I I don't know. I just you know I have a lot of energy and a lot of stamina, and I just do it. <laughs> Can, do you sell that? Can you give me a little of that? <laughs> you know, you're interesting. People have asked me that before. If I ever figure it out, I will market it. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that's amazing. That's great. Well, good for you. I, it, the ghostwriting is an interesting thing. I, I, I'm actually. I think I. You, uh, you remember I told you I. Yes. I'm, I'm just starting. I'm into my second ghostwriting book. Um, it's a. It's a it's kind of a strange animal um tell me what's uh 
what what is what is it like? What what's maybe what's the most difficult thing about about ghostwriting? For me, and I think this is true with anybody who does a good job with ghostwriting, is is to be able to sound like the other person, to think like the other person, and to feel what mm. they feel. You know, the way I often say when people talk to me about ghostwriting and. I, I said, you know, if you're just trying to get information, any, almost anybody can do that. That's not difficult. What is difficult is to get inside the person. And, wow. And, and they have to trust you enough to open themselves up. Yeah. So how do you do that? I'm taking notes, by the way. <laughs> to be honest with you, I have no idea. No, I'm really serious. I'm not trying to play a game. Wow. Um, all I know is that when I work with people, they trust me. Wow. And do you do this over the phone? Do you do mostly over the phone, or do you get together? Oh in no, no, no! I oh no! I have to be. I have to look them in the eyes. Uh, okay. So no, that's that's one requirement. I I couldn't do it long distance. So you spend uh, a good deal of time um, with the person initially to get getting yes, uh, getting inside them. Yeah, you, but you know, uh, if it's a public figure, um, then I, I try to read everything I can about them, or or they will send me information. Mm-hmm. So I, I pretty well know a lot of the basic information before I start working with them. And then one of the other things I do is I uh, I insist on a face to face meeting before uh, I ever decide. I don't know, you know, just, they might not like me. And I'm, or I might not like them, and I think it's important to mm-hmm. to make that clear before you start. I uh, I don't want to work with somebody and, and after a month say, you know what, I don't like you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I wouldn't say it that crudely, uh, but you understand what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Has that ever been hard? Have Have you ever had to to represent something you? You didn't want. You'd rather not have to represent about a person, or is that ever well, been that difficult? Well, only once, and and I was trying to figure out what to do, and uh, the circumstances changed so that uh, the publisher who had asked for the book didn't want it. So that worked out fine for me. But well, here's the way I work. You know, when I when I guess somebody wants me to do a book, I don't necessarily have. To, I don't have to agree with their theology. I mean, when, as long as within. You know the orthodox theology. Mm-hmm. What I have mm-hmm. to believe is that they believe what they're saying. Okay. Okay. You know Maybe. I don't have to, and I don't have to correct them. Okay, I've got a good question for you now, and this is—I I don't want to bore people with just writers' questions here, um, but uh, this is a question really for everybody because. Uh, as a matter of fact, as you're talking, I'm realizing our new campaign, part of our new campaign, we're, uh, is, has the message uh, to, to, to climb inside people's shoes, see what they see, hear what they hear, feel what they feel. That's exactly what you're, you're telling me that, that you do. Um, is there any way maybe you could give us some general pointers on how – how to do that? I mean, from a really general level, like like we could do with with our neighbors or with someone else, anyone we know. Uh, well, I you know, know it's a tough it's, question, but no, it is, uh, and I don't know, fully know the answer. Let me tell you what I what I have learned is most people really don't know how to listen. They may say they do, but they don't listen. They they let you talk and then they give you advice. They're always trying to fix you. And I, I always just, I decided that as a ghostwriter, my role isn't to fix anybody. My role is to understand what they believe and uh, put it in, on on paper. Okay, so you've got to be a really good listener. Well, y- yes, I think so. Um, and I find that just by looking them, looking directly at them and listening to mm-hmm. them, and nodding, and making them understand that I, I really am listening, I really care about what they're saying, I think that's part of what enables them to trust me. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just heard a, a really excellent talk. You know the, you know the TED conferences? Are you yeah, familiar well, I know with those? what they are, sure. I've never been to any. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I love these talks because none of them are longer than 20 minutes. And, um, and, and But they're usually packed. And there is this woman who is speaking on empathy. And uh, it was all about how important it is for us to um, to empathize with people. And she was talking about the very things you're speaking about, looking in the eye, it's body language, it's um, it's the questions we ask, it's uh, you know the the attention that we give. So many uh, so many elements to it that some things we we don't even think about. They're they're just natural, you know. But you've got to care for the person. You've got to really care. Isn't that right? You know, that's what I think is important. You see, I think that people know techniques, but they don't care. And uh, that's why I, I always want to meet them in person before we start a book. I, if, if, there's not, if they're not the kind of people I can care about, uh, really care about, I don't want to do their books. Well, you know, I, want, I want to know the person and care for the person. Wow. Okay. Well, I think I think there's some things there that we can all learn, folks. I hope you're listening. Um, the importance of uh, empathy, the importance of listening, and not just listening and waiting for your chance to give your opinion, right? Or your your little or, lesson or, to or fix your talk. Them. Yeah, too many people fix want them. to fix me. Ah. Wow. So how do you do that? You just you just listen. You just take it in, and um, what kind of you know? What can, how do you ask questions? Are there certain <laughs> questions that you've yeah, learned over the years? Or you, yeah, you, know, you get any tricks? Of, well, I, I suppose it's kind of natural. I don't know. I never had any lessons in it. I just know that when mm-hmm. I listen to them, I I tell them you know let, well start wherever you want to start, and let me just go on. And then if I have a question, I'll I'll, I'll raise my right index finger just to pause them and, and that's for clarification otherwise i'm sitting there trying to listen to everything they say and uh you know i take a, a note or two but mostly i'm here, well here's the way i think of it i have a tape recorder a digital recorder and i record every yep. word what yep. i'm trying to do is to the only way i know how to say it is i try to absorb the person to feel whatever it is they're feeling if I don't feel it, I keep at it till uh, I till I figure out what uh, it is. So, sometimes it's it's just a block in me, but most of the time um, it's helping them be able to articulate what they feel. And and I assure that nothing goes in the book that they don't agree with. So that I think that helps. Yeah, you know, as we're talking here, what I'm realizing, Cease, is that the what we're realizing is we're making that person the subject. Aren't we? Of course. They, they are the subject. They are. They're the whole point. And, That's right. And, and you know, nobody cares about me as the writer. Uh, yeah. I'm there to to be a. See, I think of myself as as somewhere something between a translator and a therapist. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's a great way to think about relationships. Uh, making people the subject, you know, wouldn't that be great sure. if we could if we could learn how to do that all the time? Well, you, you know, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you. Uh, no, no, go John, ahead. what I discover is that sometimes when people talk to me, don't you sometimes sense that they have an agenda? Like I go to conferences and yeah. I can pretty well tell the people who want something from me. Well, I've made it. My, I, I decided that when I talk to people. I don't want anything from them. If they want to give me something, if they want to help me, encourage me, fine. But I don't go uh, trying to get something from them. And I think that it's it's an unconscious kind of thing or under the surface. I don't know what it is. But I know that because I I don't have any agenda for them uh, or Mm. want something from them, I think that helps them to trust me. Mm. Hmm. Boy, this is great. I hope you're all taking notes, folks, because uh, and really this stuff applies. It applies right to our relationships, to sharing the gospel, welcome with people. We can go around and make people, uh, you know, the subject. What happens when I, I'm thinking when a person is the subject, then you're going to continue to ask leading questions. If they if they say something 
and and that that kicks keys over an idea. Well, then you're going to ask them another question about that, aren't you? Maybe something that go a little deeper there. Well, that's, you're going to probe. I, and I certainly hope that's what happens. Um, is that as they open up, and and what what I discover also is they'll nearly always say something to me like, um, you know, I've never told anybody this before, or. Um, Mm. I, I want to tell you this because I want you to understand me, but I don't want it to go in the book. And, and whatever they say, I honor that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, but it, there's something about, you know, I don't think any of us gets heard enough. Wow. Uh, you, you know, frankly, the most important person in your life is yourself. Whether you like to acknowledge that or not. We, we're focused, we're pretty selfish people. There's something good about that. And one of the things that I think we can do in helping people is to focus on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Boy, if you want to write their story, give them the gospel, whatever it is. But if you're just out to, uh, you know, get another notch on your gun, uh, you're not going to. They'll they'll figure you out pretty quickly. Wow. You know, I I'm beginning to think that everybody needs a ghostwriter. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, uh, it's as good as a therapist, and 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 maybe, uh, and then on the other hand, everybody needs to be a ghostwriter for other people. Um, what, yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, everybody want you know. Look, see, I really believe this that everybody wants to be understood. So if mm. you agree to talk to me. Let's say to write a book or whatever it is. If you agree to talk to me, I think implicit in that is that you, you're saying, "I want to be understood." Wow. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. You know, you touched on uh, yourself. Uh, I really what an interesting topic, and a Christian struggles so much with this because you know we. You know, Jesus and others and you, what a wonderful way to spell joy. you got to put yourself last in, in, in everything. And uh, the idea of humility is, uh, you know, put yourself under the thumb and you're nobody. And, uh, you know, I, I think we get a little carried away with this sometimes. I do too. And, uh, you know, t- and I know one of the titles, Cease, of one of your books, I think it might even be, I think you might have told me it was your favorite one, is Knowing God, Knowing Myself. I think we maybe are kind of transitioning into that, aren't we? Are we talking about that? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, what I discovered is a lot of people, I know a lot of people with strong biblical knowledge, they're great at memorizing verses, they can point out scriptures, but it's like there's some sort of a disconnect or something missing, and they don't quite know how to put it into their lives, or they're very judgmental about it. And see, uh, I, here's, here's what I truly believe. If I know more of God, the way I show that is I know more about myself, therefore I live more the kind of life that honors God. Wow, wow, wait a minute. That's a, if you know more about God, you know more about yourself. I think you've got to spend sure, a little time with it. that. Yeah, and you prove Tell it by the way you live. Okay, how does that work? How how does knowing more about God make me uh, know more about myself? Okay, because as I learned God, I learned about this God who's loving and forgiving mm. and caring. And the more I absorb who that learn, absorb whatever you want, word you want to use, who this God is, the more it permeates my life. Let, let me give you an example. Oh. Um, Take the matter of grace and forgiveness. One of the things that I learned is that God is so forgiving and forgives me, and I don't deserve it. Therefore, when it comes to forgiving somebody else, they probably don't deserve it either. But because I've understood forgiveness, I've understood what it, what it means to be forgiven. I can now turn that. I can turn around and forgive them. Wow. I don't know if that makes sense the way I'm saying it. Oh, it makes tremendous sense. Well, but, that, I, but I think the proof of understanding grace is that I can apply it in dealing with other people. Oh, Gunner, did you hear that? <laughs> we, yeah. we, we've got a new 
we, we you know um you know what our phrase is for this for the next two weeks cease it's but grace grace turned outwards that's our theme Okay, that's, that's exactly outward. right. But see, most people don't. I won't say most people. Many people don't get it. Uh, they 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 know they're forgiven, or at least they say they. See, I'm not sure they even really know they're forgiven. See, forgive mm. me if I'm sound like I'm preaching. If I know I'm forgiven, then it's so easy to forgive other people because it's saying, you know, I've I've received this grace that I don't deserve, mm. so it's easy mm. to turn it around and pass it on. Uh, and and aren't you saying, Cease, that the opposite is true? If you don't know you're forgiven, you can't forgive someone else? Well, yeah, that's right, because it's the experience of knowing your sins are forgiven. That, you know, and maybe sins is a word that many of us don't like. Let's just your shortcomings, your failures, your imperfections. Or, mm-hmm. God loves you, has always known what they are. And has loved you anyway. And when you acknowledge it, God says, okay, you're forgiven. Wow. Uh, You know, that makes me think of a couple passages, I think, when Jesus talks about mercy. That that we have have to be able to to give mercy in order to... um, to truly know God, and and I think I've often thought that when he says that, he's really kind of talking a little bit backwards because what he's saying is, if if you just what you said, if you have received mercy, total mercy, you know, you've been let off the hook. You know, you deserve right, you know, to get it. You've been let off the hook. Well, then, wow! Suddenly, you just you can let anybody off the hook who you know it it doesn't matter what anybody else has done because you know you know you've been set free but that's it exactly yes so so could the reverse be true if i can't do that for other people is it maybe saying something about the fact that i really haven't been uh, set free myself i haven't really been forgiven i haven't really accepted god's well, mercy I'll say it that way um you have been forgiven. I think it's acknowledgement of it. Yeah. Um, I know okay. you were probably saying the same thing, but I think it's the realization. Okay. See, until until I knew I was forgiven and loved by God, I don't know that I really understood and loved other people. I mean, I tried. It wasn't that I didn't try. And and, and love can, can also refer to action and not just an emotion. But I've just this sense of um, once mm. I understood how much, well, as much as I could, understood God's love and forgiveness and grace, that's when I learned to pass it on. Well, yeah, I'm glad you corrected me that, um, because it's true, everyone is forgiven, but, but, but we don't all experience it. We don't all receive it. We're believe, right. perhaps believe it, well, that, you know, really believe it for ourselves. Well, so, so grace receive, has to first be received before it can be really given. Yeah, we're right. How can true? you give away something you don't have? <laughs> oh, boy. This is so good. This is so good. Grace turned outward. Um, you got a couple more. You know, of 137 books, you told me three that were ones that you were really behind because... These would have been the books you yourself wrote. You didn't go through these. These are the books that were on your heart to write. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about knowing God, knowing myself. I love this title: "Committed but Flawed," and "Making Sense When Life Doesn't." I like both those titles. Can you tell us maybe about uh, those or one of those? Sure. Uh, let's start with "Committed but Flawed," which is the oldest of the, the three books that are my favorites. Um, you know, I grew up not believing I was loved by God. You know, it, it, intellectually I knew it. You know, after I became a Christian about age 22, and I, I truly believed intellectually that I was loved by God, but inwardly I really felt pretty worthless and uh, never sure God really, truly loved me. And one day I was reading at least three times in, in the Bible, talks says, Jacob, I loved Esau, I hated. And I always felt I mm. was... I was Esau, and part of it comes from my family situation. My, I have a younger brother who is, without question, 
the favorite of the family, and there were seven of us, and we all knew he was the favorite. And I always felt like he was Jacob, and and I was Esau. And uh, I started one day just really praying about this, and I kept thinking, you know, I, I I tried so hard to please God, and whenever I wanted something, I'd haul out all my achievements so God would feel obligated. I never said it that way. And I kept praying, God, make me Jacob. And one day I realized there isn't very much about Jacob in the Bible that's that's good and positive. The only positive thing I can see about him is in the 11th chapter of Hebrews that said he had faith. Uh, but he was a scoundrel and a rascal all the way through. <laughs> but but you know what? That's what makes grace so wonderful is that God loved him, which had nothing to do with who he was. He was loved mm. by God. So I just kept praying. Every day for months, I began to pray, God, make me Jacob. And one day I heard myself saying, I am Jacob. I am Jacob. Mm. And I realized I believed it. And I couldn't explain it. All I know is, I really, oh. truly felt loved by God. Oh, my. Mm. That's, that's beautiful. Wow. Committed but flawed. Yeah, and let me tell you what I do to the rest of the book. And this I've been doing now for about 10 years. I take, when I read about certain biblical characters, I read a characteristic of them that really touches me. And I think, you know, uh, of them. And, you know, for instance, uh, you look at Timothy in the New Testament. Uh, in some ways, he was a, really got picked on by Paul, constantly uh, Paul telling him how to live and how to do this and how to do that. But the one thing that I admired about Timothy, obviously, uh, he he was a, a, a willing learner. And so every day, one of the things, this has been going on now for, on this one, at least a year where I say, I am teachable Timothy. And I really want that to be true in my life. And uh, or Nathaniel, I am Nathaniel, a man in whom there's no guile. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so it's a kind of a prayer to say, "Make me like that." Yeah, but realizing realizing that that you are you are flawed and you are loved anyway, and that God will use you anyway. Is yes. that right? Absolutely right. Wow. Well, how do we make sense when life doesn't make sense? Well, you know, I think so often we think as Christians that being a believer means freedom from stress and problems and so on. And I you know, became more and more convinced that that's not the case. The case really is uh, we can expect a lot of extra problems and troubles and because that's the way we live our faith. We don't live our faith by joyously gliding up the mountaintops. We we live our faith by struggling through the hard time. And let me let me give you an example. I, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm bragging because I don't feel this way. Um, I've really prayed for God to help me be you know everything He wants me to be. Well, uh, it, 2007, my house burned down. We lost everything. <clears throat> I also lost my son-in-law in the fire. And it was really a very, very painful time. But as I was standing there watching the flames, here's the first thing that came to me was Job's wife said to him, curse God and die. And he said, we have received good from the hand of the Lord. Shall we not also receive evil? And I, I heard that in a way I had never heard it before, even though it was from my own lips. And that is, you know, we we all want the good, but... There also is the other side of it. And I think what really makes us true Christians and gives us power in our testimony is that we also receive the, the evil or the bad, call it whatever we want, and give thanks to God in the midst of it. Wow. Hmm. Wow, that's huge. Thank you so much for that. That is really encouraging. And, and so we can... Uh, Oh, we got a whole book on that, folks. Uh, where, where do we find these books? Um, you got a, you know, got a website, or what do we do? Oh, sure, but you can go directly to Amazon or Barnes yeah. and Noble, any of those. But my website, just Google my name, Cecil Murphy, and Cecil, Murphy and how do you, E Y. But yeah. even if you misspell it, you'll get there. Cecil Murphy, C E C I L M U R P H E Y. Yeah, but even if you leave the Y, even if you leave the E out, it'll get to me. Okay. 
And we've talked about three books, uh, Knowing God, Knowing Myself, Committed But Flawed, and Making Sense When Life Doesn't. But now there's one more book that you really want to talk about because it's uh, fairly new, I think. It may be the newest one you have, and it's called Stolen. Tell us about that, Cease. Thank, oh, thank you for that. Uh, yes, it is called Stolen with the su- subtitle of uh, The True Story of a Sex Trafficking Survivor. It's a story of Katerina Rosenblatt, uh, an American. She, uh, she was first uh, approached by sex traffickers when she was 12, and that's pretty much the age non factor, even going down to 9 and 10. And uh, wow. she lives in South Florida. And uh, she was recruited um, three different times. She kept getting away from them, but um, they cooked her on cocaine. There's, huh. there's an. In, there's. I hope this won't take too long to tell you, but there's an interesting story about her, which tells a, a lot. Of, when she was very young, she went to a Billy Graham crusade, and even though she didn't fully understand it, she was only eight or nine. She went forward. Mm-hmm. And just as she got to the front, she felt he was looking directly at her and pointed at her and said, uh, never forget, God will, uh, always remember, God will never for- leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. She heard those words, and when she got in her absolute worst situations, uh, you know, in the sex mm-hmm. trade, uh, and, and a couple of times she almost died, uh, it was so she could hear Billy Graham's voice repeating those words. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, 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 Finally, when she got out of it, those were the words that finally took her out. Wow. Never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. Well, tell us, this is quite, sounds like quite a story. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit more uh, about it or what makes this book yeah, unique? Yeah, well, she, um, uh, she, was, uh, she got in when she was like 12, 13, and uh, she was in it about seven years, and finally escaped, got into a, and married a very uh, abusive marriage, and finally got all that straightened out. She, she quit school in eighth grade, went back, got a GED, her undergraduate degree, her master's degree, mm-hmm. and in May of this year she got her Ph.D. And she wow. was uh, working uh, as a consultant with Homeland Security and the FBI because the, in South Florida when they – rescue girls are, are trying to rescue, and boys too, there are a few boys as well, mm-hmm. uh, they will often bring her in to help uh, help, help these kids. to re- See, when these kids are so brainwashed, they know that these uh, traffickers are terrible, and yet they have all the right words, and they, they make them feel like they're family, and these kids don't have, a, most of them don't have a real family. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. they were abandoned, it means they never felt loved by their family. And so they, mm-hmm. they they trap them in this, and so she helps deprogram them. I suppose you could say. Oh, okay, wow, that's amazing. So that's she's just doing this this all the time. Then this is like a, almost a career yeah, for has, her, huh? Yeah, but she now has a ministry called "There Is Hope for You." Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not really very big, but as far as I know, as far as I know, this is the first book. From a Christian who's escaped uh, sex trafficking, there there will probably be others, but for now, it's mm-hmm. the only one I know of. Mm. It's her well, story. Well, you know, this is interesting because we've had two uh, uh, similar stories. We've had two women who have both uh, been in sex trafficking, and then they've come out, and it's amazing how how they've thrown themselves into. Uh, uh, ministering to other people who, sure. who, who it's uh, it, like they've like they sense this is their calling and it, it's you know it's almost their obligation based on well what that they means now they've know. understood grace, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Boy, we've come full circle, haven't we? Yeah, we well, have. Now. You know, I understand from you were probably close to this story for other reasons because I know you told me and you gave me the freedom to bring this up that you have uh, a sexual abuse in your own background. Oh so yeah, you, uh, sure. I was so. How did that? How did that help in, in writing this? In understanding this whole situation? 
Okay, I was not only sexually, but uh, I was sexually assaulted by a female relative and then a man who rented a room from us. And my father was also a brutal alcoholic. So I had all that. Mm. And and I think, you know, as as awful as my childhood was, and it was, it really was at least dysfunctional, in uh, you know, Romans 8.28, about all things work together for good. I think this is where it comes into my life, is that because I've been there and understand the pain, I I know how to feel. I feel her pain. And one mm. of the things I say in the book is the only difference between Katerina and me is that she got captured by, entrapped, enslaved by sex traffickers, and I didn't. But our backgrounds, mm. in many ways, are so similar. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, 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 it sounds like your heart and soul that got into this book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I cried yeah. a lot with her. <laughs> oh, jeez. So this is out? Is this book out now? It, yes, it came out about two weeks ago. Oh, fantastic. Brand new. Well, there you yes. have it, folks. Stolen. Um, by Cecil Murphy, and we can get it on Amazon now, right? Oh, yes, or any bookstores. Any, anywhere, any bookstores. Yeah. Cecil. Yeah, well, uh, Rory gives just good reviews on the book. Uh, oh, you good. Know, yeah, and I, I, anything you guys can do to help spread the word is because you know, this sex trafficking is, is a growing thing. It's not oh, just my. in Thailand. It's here in the yeah. U.S., that's the deal. And that the, the women we've had on were all here, just right here under our noses. And that that was the thing was, boy, hearing both of their stories was really revealing to us. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, literally right here, it could be next door. It could be going on right now, and I don't even know it. Uh, oh yeah, the uh, pretty amazing. What is, the sex trafficker that got Katarina? Actually lived uh, the second one. Uh, actually lived in the apartment building where she did. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, that's amazing. Well, so, so I think a good read here and probably help us uh, be much more understanding and uh, uh, you know hurt with and compassionate about these people and have some empathy towards others. Um, that uh, sounds like a great story, and uh, and, I, and I love that. I, I love the way that uh, I will never leave you or forsake you moment with Billy Graham. Actually, isn't that amazing? That just one little moment like that right. can pull yeah. somebody out. Yeah, that's amazing. So we've got to remember that too for us. You, you never know when that one thing you say to somebody could be the thing that years later. Even yes, gonna, and that's gonna, true with her. Gonna pull them no. out. Wow. Well, Cease, this is this is fantastic. Um, this is our time is just raced by, but it's been so good, and you've hey, taught you us guys listen so much. Yeah. Yeah. So you listen when you ask the questions. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, Ah, so good, and I, I'm so excited too because you just got us off uh, on even our our own direction here. This whole grace turned outward is really what we're we're uh, the message we're wanting to give. So uh, letting that letting that grace touch us uh, completely, and uh, then that is what sets us free to be able to give it out to others. Absolutely. Well, um, Cease, thank you so much. Uh, what is your website, by the way? www.cecilmurphy.com cecilmurphy.com Yep. And, uh, and then um, Stolen is the brand new book. You that can, is uh, correct. Prob- yeah. And uh, so, folks... Um, I think we've got some some treasures here to find um, if you're uh, if you're willing to go for it. And uh, Cease, thank you so much for oh, spending for some of your Tuesday yeah. evening with us. Okay. I appreciate it very much. You're, you too, Cease. Bye bye. Whoa! How about that, well, Gunner? How about that? <laughs> 
That was outstanding. That was so much fun. And I I, I got to be honest with you, I, I, I went into this one going, you know, not sure what I'm going to do with this. You know, where, yeah. where, where, what is this? Where, you know, why are we doing this guy? And, you know, I, I and man, that was so good. Yeah. That was just, just right. <laughs> it, it just oozed wisdom. It's like putting on, putting on a clinic of wisdom. <laughs> yeah. But right all the way through, you know, from the ghost writing. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I had no idea how that was going to turn around. That was so cool. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and uh, mean, anyone, anyone who's a writer, you know, could listen to that. And and like you said, any of us, you know, I mean, we all need a ghost writer. I mean, that 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 yep. itself is a, is a catch post right there, huh? Oh, it is. Yeah, we all need a ghost writer, and we all need to be a ghost writer to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. This is. <laughs> I am pumped. <laughs> this Absolutely. is so good. You know, th- there's just so many great people out there, and just, all you got to do is just get them going. You know, and yeah. and, and uh, Gunner, I bet we could have anybody on this show, and 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 be talking like this afterwards. Oh, what do you think? I mean, uh, well, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a story in everybody that's waiting to be heard. You know, and 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 it's it's just and it's so because we're all we're all made by the same hands, right? Yeah. And right. when you think about it, just the experiences and just how you know God has created us, and just you know, and and some of the stories they as we heard from Cease and and, and some of the, the the young ladies that we've had on the show and the women, you know, that they, yeah. they walk mm-hmm. places, but God's power is so well, real in the midst of that, you know. And while we've had other people that have. You know, I mean, uh, there's been some just some highs and lows. Remember Enric Sifa from Rwanda, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> kid yeah. You know? Uh, and and, uh, and so you're absolutely right. Wow. I mean, you can, anyone could be on this show because everyone has a story that, 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 that should be heard and needs to be heard. Needs to be heard. But, but work that down to the bottom line to you and me. Yeah. Is that we we need to start hearing those stories. We we need to start probing the people in our lives for those stories because they're all around us. We don't need a we don't need a blog talk show to do it. No, no. Well, it's you know we did a thing up here in Portland a couple of years ago, John. It was a, we called it a tweet up, and we would just a bunch of people that were on Twitter. You know, all you know them by is their handle. Like you know, hey, that's Fishback. I don't know your real name. I just know your picture and your. Uh-huh. Fish bat. Oh, you're John, right? But we would we would invite everybody. We would invite everybody to this uh, place to actually meet everybody in, in in person. And people would come up to me and they say, Gunner, what do I do at a tweet up? What do I do here? And I always tell them three things. I said, number one, come ready to hear the other person's story first. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, have a you know, enjoy yourself and 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 be yourself. You know, but the whole idea was, you know, there's stories waiting to be heard and just, you know, listen to, the, you know, be ready to, to hear stories, ask questions, and then look for the story around around you in people's lives. And, boy, it was amazing to sit back and watch what happens when people's posture is about trying to hear the story in others, you know? Yeah. Well, that's so... Oh. So good. So good. <laughs> good stuff well, tonight, as always. Uh, next week we've got yeah. uh, we've got the election happening on November. Is that right? Fourth. We are coming so up. Are actually, we, no, it's two weeks from now. We've got uh, we're working yeah. on a on a, I think a musical guest here, uh, I believe, in the next okay. uh, week. And then, and then we've got the election thing. You know, we talked to Ross Stetsman uh, about a month ago, right, about politics. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, I mean, it's the midterms, and, uh, boy, everywhere we look, it's, you know, a line drawn in the sand. And so I think that's a big question for everybody, John. I know we got just a few moments left. To getting, we're getting into the heat of the election season with everything going on, and mm-hmm. we're talking about the gospel of welcome. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, and the conversations can be so heated, and we can go, you know, zero to 60 miles an hour in emotion so quickly. Yeah. What, would you, what yeah. would you say to encourage us for these next few weeks leading up to the, to the midterms? We're so politicized and, and everything. What would you say to us through the lens of the gospel of welcome? Well, I, 
you know, I, I think I would say, uh, you know, down, down, I, I guess the biggest thing is realize that politics is not everything. That, that there's actually, it's in the end, it's going to accomplish very little. It's not a whole lot that's going to be accomplished as a result of, of politics. Um, we can change some people. Maybe they're going to change a little bit of legislation. But, you know, the world just goes on. We keep going on. And uh, things, it's it's not, we, we hang so much on this. Way too much. Like we're going to change the world with this with this one candidate, and uh, I think that's the first thing to understand is that just realize politics can only go so far. So don't don't get so caught up in the issues, and realize that the real issue, the, the real issue is Jesus, and the real issue is God, the gospel of Jesus. And if if our if our, uh, you know, fervor towards one, uh, a side issue drives another person away from the gospel of Jesus, then I'd say we're in trouble. Mm. And mm. so we've got to keep things in perspective. And yeah. uh, love and respect allow, just like we talk, you've got to have respect Really, we got to get respect back in in our country. We just don't have it, and yeah. uh, that means respect for the other point of view. Everybody's got a right. This is America. Remember, uh, remember, Oz Guinness told us, you know, everybody, yeah. all religions and none. Everybody's got a right to their to own what they want to say and feel and believe, and we mm-hmm. give them that platform, and and and, and allow for the debate. Just talk openly, and in fact, you're going to get a lot farther that way than by shouting and uh, fighting and, uh, you know, trying to put down the other person. So, uh, yeah, let's let's respect and uh, and let's try and, and get into a, a actual healthy debate about these things. Uh, where we can where we can agree to disagree, we're going to have to do that with, with people. Yeah. But we want we want we want to stay in people's lives for the sake of the gospel of welcome. We don't yeah. want anything to stand in the way of that. So mm. that's why we got to be careful. It's like a whole set of lenses to put on, you know, as we get yeah. pulled into that that uh, into that arena daily, in the lion's den, it feels like daily, but it's really, you know, mm-hmm. putting on the lens of the gospel of welcome, you know, on our heart, you know, and, and even talking about some of the stuff that Cease was talking about tonight, about forgiveness and things yeah. like that, you know, it's just a, uh, what a wonderful opportunity to be able to stand in awe of God's yes and to, and to, uh, to, to look at the world through the gospel of welcome. And so it's going to be an exciting next two weeks. As in the midst of that, as we get into the, uh, you know, land the plane here, as we get into the whole politics and all that stuff, we're going to be talking about grace turned outward. Grace turned outward, standing in other people's shoes, just like we talked about tonight, and, uh, and, and one, one at a time. The gospel yes. of welcome one at a time. Those are our big themes. We want to keep. We're going to be hitting on uh, all the time, every day here. So awesome. stick with us. Awesome. It's going to be. It's going to be fun, and we're going to all learn a lot. I think it's going to be great. I'm. I'm excited for what I'm going to learn already. Absolutely, absolutely, John. John, what a show again. <laughs> I think so. This is so good. Great. How fun. How yeah. fun. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, I think it's time we land the plane, John, from a, for another okay. blogtalkradio.com. CatchJohnFisher.wordpress.com. Make sure you're getting the catch every single day. You're going to want them for sure starting tomorrow morning. So go there and sign up if you're listening tonight. And, uh, John, we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> All right, my brother. John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the faith.
Good night, everybody. Hoping we can make it better. Good night, Gunner. Yeah, Gunner. <laughs> All right. Go Royals. San Francisco's up 5 nothing. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>